If you want the growth mindset, we have to say, hey, I'm not at the top of the mountain anymore. I don't have a full cup. Mm-hmm. I'm now saying, well, this mountain was the first mountain in a series of other mountains and I'm ready to go to the next stage and I'm, I'm ready to do what it takes. Nice. That takes responsibility and it's a rare attribute. This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 872 and I'm wearing a cap. Hey, John, good to see you here. Hey. Hi, how are you? Nice to catch up. I thought I'd mix it up a bit in my bland set here. We're still mid-studio change here, so... Sound quality is down from usual. The visuals are down from usual. But I think this is a really important thing. And you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today. Yeah. We don't let the tech or the environment stop us from creating the content when we've got something important to say. Yeah. And today we've got an important topic. This episode is, let's say it's the finals of the series we've currently been tuned into, which is really just developing membership sites and we've talked about from the very early foundations of getting the ideas and what you have to put in it how to get traffic to it how to keep members some of the next level things that you can do the advanced things was our previous episode 871 in this one this is kind of like the final sign off for an advanced membership operator some of the leverage steps that i've found in my own membership experience have made some of the biggest difference we're going to call this like the 644 Right. And for our audience, they would know that I'm referring to the 80-20 of the 80-20. Mm-hmm. These little things are the small hinges that swing big doors, which you may never get to unless you go through all the other steps. So we have put up on Superfast Business, the whole membership series, all the episodes John and I have done. And there's a lot now. John, I think you are by far my most frequent guest ever. So thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. You know, it's like we make no secret of our fantastic alliance here. You've created the world's greatest software tool as a service that does everything from the landing page to collect the money to deliver people to their product or information. Yeah. Or even in my case, and it came from one of our podcasts, we now send out a physical book. We have a book funnel Mm -hmm. that was inspired by one of your users telling me how to do it on an FAQ call. I went to a 10X Pro training call. They told me how I can do it. Mm -hmm. And you built a book funnel for me, a campaign in the machine, which anyone can click on with one click now. So it's amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you. So today we're not going to bog down in too many techniques, but I think there's a couple worth repeating in some of them we have talked about before, but let's put a special halo around them because they're that important. First off, the number one strategy for an advanced membership that really wants to get leverage is repeat what works. Mm-hmm. You could hear this in other ways, like digging deep or going down another layer or turning on the magnifying glass, but so often it's forgotten about and not. I recall back when I used to run sales teams, I used to observe the sales managers would often spend a lot of time with the poor performance, trying to bring them up to standard. Mm. When if they just spent that same time with their eagles who were flying high, they could soar even higher. We should do that with our own product portfolio. And I'm constantly refining my own service offerings. I'll share this thing and then I'll hand over to you. Last year, When the pandemic came, one of the ways that I reacted to it was I went into a new market. I explored a new market. I aligned myself with a good partner. I pulled out very, very good information from that market. We 
went and validated that market with a paying customer mm. and we started delivering that service and it was all new. We had good design. We had reasonable copy. We used the great platform, 10X Pro. We had paying customer. And what ended up happening is it wasn't returning enough of a reward for the time spent on it as some of my existing products, mm. things like super fast business intensive, which is you know absolutely powering. That's the single hottest product I've got now for coaching and my partnership program, you know, which you're thankfully a member of a small team of about 10 people who, you know, we work very closely together. Yeah. So what I had to do was make the decision to stop it. Mm-hmm. So the flip side of repeating what works is stopping what doesn't work, being responsible to yourself to deal with some of the biases we have as a business entrepreneur, where we want to keep things alive because we've got a sunk cost in them. We have a bias towards trying to make them work or even justifying it. And this runs deep. I just had a conversation with the coaching student. And he was telling me how he keeps trying to find things for his general manager to do. And I said, wait a minute, what do you mean you keep trying to find things for them? That's not your job, especially not for a general manager. They should be finding things to keep themselves busy or paying their way, or they're not really a very effective general manager. So sometimes we lean in too much with our biases and we keep doing things that shouldn't. And we ignore the things that are just knocking out of the park, like to the extreme where sometimes we just forget to do things that work. Mm -hmm. So not even just sustaining, but sometimes we literally forget to do things. So point number one, find out of your portfolio or product range, or you know if you have multiple memberships or whatever, what is it that's doing particularly well? And make sure you have a plan to repeat that and to lean into that more. Now, over to you, John. I'm sure you've got some anecdotes or stories on this too. Yeah. I mean, what you mentioned, there's a lot of really important topics for entrepreneurs to keep in mind. And like you said, it goes very deep. But one of the things just right off in terms of doing more of what works, just to keep it even simpler, let's say you have set up your membership site, it's working, you got some sales. It's about doing let's say, identify the traffic source that works the best, that you like the best, that you're more comfortable with, and doing more of that one and focusing on that one, you know? Like, for example, me, I can't stand any of the social media stuff. I despise all of these websites. I couldn't care less for it. Do I want to do that? I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I'm can, I can focus on the things that I like to do, which is working with affiliates and partners and doing partners promotions and things like that. So... Pick the thing that you like and do more of it. And for example, if you're doing a webinar and it's working and you got great data and you did a webinar with one person and it worked really well, well, try to do more of it. So how? Well, find other partners that have similar audiences than that one and do a webinar with them. And then the following week, do a webinar with someone else if it worked, right? If for you, uh, what worked was doing uh, videos on YouTube, do more of that, you know? So if we bring it down at that level, then that's where the lesson applies, where don't try to do everything. And the problem is we are entrepreneurs. So by nature, we want to do multiple things. We have a ton of ideas. I mean, we wake up and we have so many ideas. And that's where this problem comes from, where, okay, we got a business running, we got some sales. What else can we create? What else can we do? Oh, well, let's set up a business there and let's start doing something else. But the reality is that most successful people They just do the base, they train the basics, they perfect the basics, they master the basics, and they just keep on doing the things that work rather than trying to come up with something new or going somewhere else where they might not have the same experience. 
They just try to go to places where they have the most knowledge and uh, where they have an advantage, frankly, where everything seems easy, right? So they go into a market or into a business where, yeah, I can do that all day long. It seems too easy. And when you feel that, when it's easy, I always use that rule, by the way, in life, you know, when it felt like, oh, I got a meeting with that person, it was super easy, or I was able to get this thing done super easy. I always tell myself, oh, it's meant to be. If it's easy, it's meant to be. When you find that friction, where it's like you try something and it's pushing you, pushing, pushing you, it's something out there that's telling you, hey, maybe, maybe this is not your strength. Maybe you should be focusing on something else. So without going too deep into different topics that you kind of alluded to, yeah, that's kind of my feedback about that. You know, I mean, we can go into the other stuff if you want to, but at this level, going to your point, number one, definitely it's about finding what works and doing more of it. That's it. Keeping it simple. Later, once you have, okay, maybe master it to perfection and you are maybe bored of it and maybe someone else is running. Let's say in my example, you are doing webinars, it's working, you're getting a ton of sales, but now you're sick of it, you don't want to do webinars, fine, maybe get someone in your team and training them to do webinars, let them do the webinars, and now you are replacing yourself and you're doing something else. Now you have more time and you say, okay, well, I'm done doing webinars, this is working, still making me money, I want to do something else. And that could be doing some more ads on, on whatever platform you want, affiliates like I talked about, getting more content out there, whatever it is, you can now focus on that, right? Well, you know, that leans perfectly into point number two, which is develop a growth mindset. That really addresses when you're at the pinnacle and you've done all the hard work and you've got all the basics in place and you have good discipline and you've leveled up all the things that are going well, where do you go from there? Well, that requires you to have that growth mindset. And the growth mindset is simply saying, hey, I don't know everything. I haven't finished yet. Mm, yeah. I'm not an expert in every aspect of this. Perhaps there's someone else out there who has discovered something or is doing something in a way that I could learn from. So there's a little bit of humility required mm. for that. Yeah. You know, we drop the arrogance. We say, okay, I'm a student. Yeah. I still read several books a week. Mm-hmm. I read a great book last night, which was about a 25-year framework for success. It's a Dan Sullivan book. Nice. And one of the interesting things in there, he said a lot of us, when we start out, we sort of build all our scaffolding first and then we start building our building. But at some point, we forget to get off the scaffolding and get into the building. So this tip is really that growth step of saying, okay, time to get off the scaffolding now. At this stage, you are a membership leader. You have a successful membership. You've done all of the basics and then you've done some of the advanced stuff too. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to pretend you're a beginner right. and to level up. Nice. Go and seek out, get some coach or guidance, read some information, take some courses, look into other industries, hire someone to do research, pull your analytics apart, mm-hmm. break your business and rebuild it. I do that all the time. I'm going to break my business and rebuild it at the end of this year. I already have it in mind. I've been meditating on it every time I surf, which is every day. And in my mind, I've done it a hundred times mm-hmm. and I will pull it apart and rebuild it strong, knowing everything I know. I'm going to take a clean sheet to my business and I'm only going to leave the bits in that work. And I'm going to take from the people around me, I learn from everybody in every capacity. I learn lessons, whether it's from Dan Sullivan's book, whether it's from a friend of mine. So I take all the things I've learned and I'm prepared to throw away that scaffolding, like kick it away mm-hmm. and go into that building and not be reliant on where I came from. And just to emphasize this metaphor, I just cleared out a garage full of filing cabinets. There was eight, eight drawer filing cabinets gone wow. in the bin. Mm. 
totally trashed, purged and deleted. We're always talking about adding something or doing this or learning that or whatever. But what about getting rid of stuff? What about letting go Mm. of that? I've let go of all my motor industry stuff. That's a dead chapter to me. I left that industry over 10 years ago, 2008. I walked out the door. I don't like that industry. I'm not going back. I've Mm -hmm. turned off everything, all the old paperwork, the old sales commissions, the old awards and everything. It's all gone. I've let go of that scaffolding. That's what got me into the online space and made me strong. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting rid of the old scaffolding from the online space. So even when we do our tax files in Australia, I think we have to keep it for about seven years. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a taxation (laughs) expert or an accountant. I did study some of it according to the things in those filing cabinets. I saw my commercial law certificate from 1992. But that was a while back. It's all gone out in the bin, right? I don't need that. Yeah. So looking for that growth, we really should look inside and we should have the confidence to let go, to make way. Like, you know, that uh, saying of the guy that climbed the mountain and looking for wisdom from the great teacher and the teacher said, would you like some tea? And the student says, okay, and he's pouring the tea and he keeps pouring and pouring and then it's overflowing and going over the table and he says, stop, stop. And he goes, you can't come to me seeking knowledge with a full cup. Mm. You have to empty your cup. Yeah. So if you want the growth mindset, we have to say, hey, I'm not at the top of the mountain anymore. I don't have a full cup. Mm-hmm. I'm now saying, well, this mountain was the first mountain in a series of other mountains, and I'm ready to go to the next stage, and I'm, I'm ready to do what it takes. Nice. That takes responsibility, and it's a rare attribute. Yeah. When I see people slide down the hill, it's when they've been too fixated on being right and thinking they know everything. Mm. And as uh, my mentor taught me, Captain Smith from the Titanic, he was arrogant and he was ignorant and that's why he sunk and he went down with the ship. Mm. So don't be that. Look for growth. Mm. If you hit an iceberg, time to grab the life raft because there's not enough for everyone. Get going and you might get to see your days out. (laughs) Over to you, John. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, humility is a one of the most important attributes that you should have as a successful entrepreneur and being able to change your mind. I think uh, that's extremely powerful. And uh, a lot of the most successful people in the world, they are able to change their mind and change course. And it's very important. And while you were talking about this, I was thinking it's the same thing with software development. You know, as we build 10X Pro, it's all about, that's why in software you have version one, version two, version three. It's all about making improvements. You can never build the best software, the perfect software right off the bat. But you have a good base and then you add things, you know, um, 10X Pro is super easy to use. There's a ton of awesome features for the beginners to get started fast and also for the professionals to do the important advanced things that they might want to do in the future. I mean, we have drag and drop simplicity and the design is great, but we're of course always looking at changing things up, improving. Now we are about to release a brand new version that has a cleaner look and feel to the interface. Do we need to do that? Well, not necessary, but because I like to keep things fresh and keep improving things, then this is a little improvement that you can make, you know, and we do that from a software development perspective. But as you're running a business, that's also something that you want to do. And you mentioned it perfectly. And that's something that I do as well. It's like when you're starting out, the most important thing is not to track every single thing and metric in your website. That's not the most important thing. The most important is to discover, do they really want that? Do they want to buy? Are they actually paying for it? Are they happy with the experience? Can I deliver it properly? Can I get leverage? Can I automate some things? Great, I'm at that stage. Now, sure, you want to go deeper into your metrics to start improving the things. 
and improving your conversions from 20 to 25 to 30 to 35, whatever it is, on an opt-in page, for example, then sure, that's great to do, of course. And all of these things, you want to keep on doing them as you build your business, as you grow your business. And that's a major factor of growth, of identifying what worked, do more of it, what doesn't work, Okay, can we tweak it? Can we maybe improve it a little bit? Or what else can we do to make things easier? It's extremely important and being humble, I think that's extremely important for any entrepreneur to be able to tell yourself, you know what, I don't know anything and uh, I wanna learn. And I'm not above learning from anybody else or, oh, this person is not good enough. I have nothing to learn from that person. You should never have that mindset. That's a loser's mindset. Instead is, I'll listen, I'll take it on board, I'll take some things, I might disregard some other things, but everybody can teach you something. And that's, uh, you like to read a lot of books. I like to watch a lot of trainings and uh, videos, especially on YouTube. These days you can learn so many things. And I like to go with uh, different places. People have different positions, different opinions, and then I make my own. And um, I think that's extremely powerful to learn from everybody and to be able to add that to your business for sure. I remember that time when we had a person considering the platform and they went and consulted some expert and some deep knowledge field and came back with this long report. Right. And I remember sharing it with you and you just took it and you went away and you re-engineered a whole layer underneath the software. I'm not technical, clearly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I know it wasn't straightforward and it was a bit of a pain. Right. However, it was like someone had given you a clear manual on where the industry could be if you were in the top of like the leadership pinnacle that virtually no one else can offer Mm -hmm. and you did it Mm -hmm. you took it to the next level yeah and I, i like these little examples of where you did something that probably one in a thousand people at most would even appreciate what you did. Mm-hmm. But for that person, it was important. Right. But also it reminded me of Steve Jobs where he would talk about he wanted the inside of the computer to look nice. Right. I feel like you're <laughs> that passionate about the software that you want the inside to look nice as well as what the customer sees so that it works. And yeah. The little details you do, like, yeah. for example, when someone installs an instance of the software, they get their own little version of it in their own mm. part of the world. It's not lumped in with everyone else's. Yeah. That's a little detail. That means important. It means a massive amount. It means you're not lumped in with everyone else. Yeah. It's uh, like a honeycomb hive. You know, if, if one of them gets taken out on the other end, that doesn't affect anyone else. It's brilliant. Right. But it's a little bit of extra detail, yeah. a little bit more set up for you yeah. and your team, impervious to the yeah. customer. But these are the little things they're getting that they probably don't realize yeah. that make their site more secure and, and a better experience. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So next point I want to talk about dialing your routine, because for me, this has probably Mm. been the sweet spot. And that is having had a membership for so long, I've noticed that getting into a routine, uh, for me, it's podcasting a couple of times a week, answering forum posts every day, and checking with my team once a week, and just a little chit chat here and there. If you can build a bulletproof routine that's going to get you a robust membership. And I would suggest that people who are still a little bit all over the place are never going to quite find that sweet spot of cadence where they can really drive it. And that's why I think those stop, start, open, close, annual launch type things can 
be euphoric while they're on but can have low lows when they're not and cause people to go off the membership model. I'm down for the team that says, hey, maintain this beautiful routine, just have a constant month-to-month epic business, you know, consistently for over a decade. And I think we're just moving into a new zone now. We're going to see people putting memberships on blockchains and things. Jared talks about this in our membership, but people can buy in and be part of a community and stay in and sell out their share and stuff. But I do think that routine and being consistent is really valued by your audience when they can rely upon you to do your end of the bargain. That's a bulletproof proposition that pretty much everyone breaches at some point unless they have stoic discipline. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Having a routine is the key to everything. It's pretty much how you can then uh, have things on autopilot. And that's what everybody does, you know, like uh, when you become good at something, it's it's because you did it so many times that you don't even have to think about it. And if you can do this with your business, even better. So you know what you need to do on a daily basis. Your team knows exactly what they need to do on a daily basis. And everything is running smoothly as a beautiful machine that's uh, hopefully working almost on autopilot. And, uh, you know, you can have predictable income coming in and consistency, which gives you peace of mind. So the next topic is one that took me a long time to really warm up to because it's one that costs a little more upfront, and that is paying for professional sales copy. Mm -hmm. Some people come into a new market and they've got budget and they want to just throw money at it and they pay a professional copywriter and still don't get a result. So I had a pretty minimal risk because I had an established membership. I then hired someone to do research. His name is Brian McCarthy. He's very good. Did research, spoke to my customers, looked through all my data, came up with an offer, wrote it. It was not cheap. We're talking five figures. So more than $10,000. It's what you're going to pay. But for me, that is still a small amount compared to my monthly income. So it was a very low risk. And my goal was to see if I could improve my sales copy, which I hadn't professionally done the entire time I've been online. I had one copywriter give me some tips when I still had a job, but that was about it. The rest was self-studied and what I could cobble together. Mm. And of course, this is important. I'll cover this in a sec. The bottom line is the professional sales copywriter did the work, so I didn't have to. I paid the money and I did get a return on investment. I got better sales after he did that than before. So it was a good risk to take. And I have the you know ongoing rewards of that. At some point, it'll need a tune-up. Mm-hmm. So Brian, if you're listening, <laughs> I'll be in touch. But all jokes aside, the other misconception I think is very important to cover is that a lot of people put so much focus on that one sales page. And I want to remind you, there's other things you can get sales copy on. Your pre-marketing, your social posts, your emails and post-marketing pieces are also worth considering. So what am I saying here is basically if you've got something in motion and you've never had a professional copywriter, that could be a good place to really get that extra bit of leverage is just doing more of what works, hire a professional, spend the money and go deeper. Do you need to have that out of the gate? No. Even the very best copywriters say that 20% of their sales pages bomb. Right. Like that's pretty frightening when you think about it. You yeah. could pay five or six figures, yeah. maybe even seven, yeah. and get a sales copy that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
And some people are good at selling the job, but not so good at selling your stuff. Right. So keep that in mind. I'm not advocating for people to just blindly go out there and throw money at copywriters. Yeah. There are copywriters who I've seen time and time again get better results than others. For example, like Will Wang. Mm -hmm. He's good. Mm -hmm. There's a couple more in my community. I won't name all of them, but if you listen to this and you need a recommendation, just send me what your situation is. But I will say this, don't expect a copywriter to fix up a turd. Yeah. Okay. Now, this lesson is coming at, like, this is like the 12th installment of a series when you're supposed to already have a functioning membership by the time you get to this. So if you're just starting out today, yes, it might help, but it's no guarantee. You can't fix something that no one wants to buy. And I've got a couple of people I'm coaching at the moment who are trying to sell stuff they want to sell and no one's buying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to have that conversation. Hey, maybe we should talk to the customers. Maybe we should find out what they're buying now, what they like to buy. And we should make something more around that than what you'd like to sell. Because there's a couple of things that people want to sell that no one wants to buy. Like I could say the same about surfboards. Mm -hmm. I would quite like to just do that. But it's hard to make a quid in that industry. Almost everyone loses money, whether it's a wave pool, the WSL, the manufacturers, the local shapers, even the clothing companies, a lot of people are finding it hard to make money, mm. but they just like doing the sport. So sometimes we've got to get real. Yeah. Anyway, back to topic. Great professional sales copy can be polishing that diamond and get you over the line when it comes to upping your results. And John, I know you've just been through this, so you're probably ready to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something important is that a copywriter will not save you. They're not going to save your business. Like you said, they might polish the diamond, but not going to create the diamond for you. So you need to do the work before. And yes, you can absolutely start without one. But now we're in the phase where we're improving things. And we just talked about growth. We talked about being humble, which is this, hey, maybe my copy is not that hot. Let's find out if someone who is a professional at this can do something better. They might, they might not. We had many cases where Actually, the original copy was outperforming. And why? Is because the best products in the world or services sell themselves. They don't actually need anything. They don't need convincing. And that's why we talked about this in the past about membership sites. And I mentioned it many times. You can't sell someone into joining your membership site or there's no point in trying to convince them that they need to join your membership site. It's a waste of time and resources. They might join for your trial or for your one month, and then they will leave. That's not the goal of a membership site. When you're talking to someone that is looking to join your membership site, it's because you want to help them for years to come. The sales layer is not going to create that. It's not going to help you with that. What will help you with that is you doing the work, identifying what is it that people are struggling with and delivering those solutions to those problems inside your membership sites. And yes, Your job is to solve problems. Our jobs are as coaches, because people talk about, oh, an online business, a membership site. What is it exactly? What we are talking about is it's a coaching program. You are the coach. People join your membership site, your private website, so that you can deliver the coaching in different ways. We talked about this. And you can then help them get the results that they want. So there's no convincing. There's nothing like that. You could just say, if you have clearly identified their problems and they really want a solution to those problems, The sales letter could be, hey, do you have these problems? Yes. If you answer yes to any of these, then this is how we can help you do it, help you solve them. We do this, 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 and that. Here are the people that we helped. And we talked about some of the frameworks that you can use. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And you get it done. Now, of course, in the growth, you want to polish those words, making them better. 
then of course, then absolutely use a professional, remove yourself, take your ego out and uh, let someone help you. And that's applicable not only in the sales department, but in everywhere else as well. Design, logos. I know some people, they get stuck because they're still trying to create their own logos, you know? At the beginning, I would say, just grab one that is kind of okay. You just don't even need a logo. Just exactly whatever a name or yeah. whatever. Pick one. Pick one name. Exactly. Start. Maybe your your <laughs> your friends are telling you it's a terrible name. As long as you like it and you are okay, use that. Get some sales. Help people. Get your membership site up and running. And then later, ah, well, let's see if we can find a better name. That's things for later, right? Yeah, you can change the names. And like I've changed names on businesses. You'll probably change names one day. I'll mm -hmm. convince you yet. But maybe <laughs> these things are all doable. But what we're saying is bring in a professional. Not all professionals are equal. Some are better than others. Quick question. When you paid someone to improve the sales copy, did the new sales copy perform better than the old copy? Yeah, it did a little bit. And you were able to test it. I was able to test it, yeah. We split tests with 10X Pro. It was that super easy to create a very quick test. That's it. And uh, I let it run for a few days to get enough data. And yeah, obviously um, it improved. And uh, if it improves, great, you keep it. If it doesn't, then maybe someone else can do another version. Yeah, and often they'll do rewrites yeah. until it's better. But two things there. One is you said you've got to be prepared to do the work. The funny thing is when you hire a copywriter, you'll be doing a lot of the work you should have done if yes. you're going to write your own copy anyway. You'll have to dig up the data. Yeah. You'll have to find information about the client. You'll have to tell them all about what the brand is. You'll have to explain to them who uses it and why. Yeah. You have to get them proof and case studies and all this. If they're not asking for some of these things, yeah. then I'd be concerned. Yeah. And then the second part is you have to have a way of knowing if the copy is actually better. You've got to have a way to test, yes. thankfully. It's built into 10X Pro. So that leaves us with my last topic, and that is, it's a straightforward one. I don't want to labor this one, but it's stacking techniques on top of the others. Mm -hmm. Go back through the transcript of this and the previous episodes. And in Superfast Business, for example, I've got a training on profitable membership mm -hmm. courses, and there's a checklist at the end of that training. Same, I also sell that at superfastresults.com. It's a one-time purchase there. At the end of the, all the modules is a checklist. If you go through and tick boxes and you stack techniques on top of each other, you get an exponential result and you can't help but improve your membership. Mm -hmm. That's the technique. It's collecting all the good ideas and then implementing them and away you go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, do new things that work and add on top of it and um, experiment, get results. And uh, if you fail, then that's a good thing. That means that you're a successful person, actually. The people who are the most successful are the people that fail the most and the people who are not afraid of failing. So. Keep that in mind, try things and add on top of it. And if it works, great, keep doing it. Yes, and if we can learn from other people's failures, that's cheaper and easier. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why we share a lot of the information we do on this show. Yeah. So that, John, concludes the discussion we've been having around membership sites. Over many, many episodes, I want to say thank you for spending that time. I know that your platform is suitable for the things we've been talking about. It's our intention that if someone gets on board that program, we will support them. Yeah with your help, with your tool. If they go well, they can come on the show and talk about it as a case study. We've got lots and lots and lots of 10X Pro use cases where they're getting great results. Yeah. So we know this software works. We know our membership ideas work. It's certainly been working for me and for my students. I uh, hope you enjoyed this series. John, we'll have to come up with something cool to talk about in our next round. And we're certainly open to suggestions. If you listen to this and you've got some ideas, what do you want to hear John talk about <laughs> or Firehose about? I'll just prompt him and then shut up and let him deliver no. the goods as he does Plenty of every single time. Oh, sure. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
All right, there you go. That's John Lent from 10xpro.io. Head over there for all the good stuff. I'm James Shramko. This is Super Fast Business. This is episode 872. It's been a lot of fun. We've got something different coming up for you next. We've got a case study actually coming up on 10X Pro in a cool. few episodes' time. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. And uh, in the meantime, hope you get a few ways in there, John. Thank you very much. I'll try. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.